Welcome to Cannons on the Run, episode 27. A podcast out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Frater Jonathan. And I am Reverend Frater Jordan. And we are back in De Pere, Wisconsin at St. Norbert Abbey because it is our reading week at CTU. So we get to go back to the homeland. To the homeland. And here we are sitting and recording an episode because the podcast got to keep going and we love doing this. It's got to keep going. <laughs> keep uh, keep on minute. trucking. Wait a minute. Are you saying you don't love this? <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. It does. Got to keep going. So since the last podcast, we've had one major event happen between now and then, the Chicago Marathon. Oh, that. <laughs> what other event did you have in mind? No, nothing. <laughs> but more on that uh, after a few other things. First of all, we're at the midterm of our semester at CTU. Yeah, and things are kicking into high gear. Going to need race fuel right now. <laughs> so on my fifth cup of coffee, actually, no, just third. <laughs> That's all. Doing fine. Yeah, we have plenty going on. I have a midterm exam myself to take yet this week, which is good for fundamental theology and methods. So I'm studying gradually over the few days here to get ready for that. How about you? Just a lot of papers coming out of this mm-hmm. reading week. One of the beautiful things of being back to the Mother Abbey is a break from the city, a break from school. But it's also a time to be like, oh, I have all these papers due at the end of the week. And being up here, it's joyful, but it's also, it's kind of like Thanksgiving in a sense of, mm. All of a sudden, we just had our little family, and we come home, and we're incorporated into our extended family. And so as we've experienced already these last couple of days, it's everybody wants to talk, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm, It is. But even like this podcast, we're starting an hour later than we anticipated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things come up. I mean, you're with your full family, so you got to just catch up with people. There's things to be done, and there's a lot to do. So in some ways, it's a good test of denying oneself yeah hey nice well and part of that beautiful busyness especially right now this first weekend that we're here is we have a come and see weekend happening here at st norbert abbey what's a come and see weekend great question deacon jordan let me tell you our vocation director father mike brennan organized this come and see weekend which is a common thing for religious communities to do to have those who are interested discerning a religious calling to come so sisters brothers priests all sorts of different religious communities will have what they call a come and see weekend so we have 10 men who are here visiting this weekend and they stay friday through sunday and they join us for prayer they join us for meals have a lot of questions answered there's time for them to reflect pray meet one-on-one with various number teens and just get a glimpse of what it is our common life together and see if this life fits that calling that they're feeling to religious life to the priesthood or just to help them along their vocational discernment in general how to do was that a good way to explain it i think i understand it much better great (laughs) excellent so um as we promised this is a shout out to the men who are visiting us for our come and see weekend we love that you're here and we're thankful that you are exploring this calling that you feel and you are in our prayers our whole community has you in prayer as you continue to discern amen Amen. So right, the other... that's a wrap. No, just kidding. <laughs> Is that what amen means? We're yeah. done? So now that other big thing we talked about. Yes. October 7th was the Chicago Marathon. It was awesome. Yay. It was a great day. We ran it together. We ran it together the whole time. Did you beat me though? Like. I mean, yeah. We haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have pushed you down. <laughs> So we, as far as I could tell, crossed over the starting line side by side, and we crossed over the finish line side by side. It's electronic chips, for those of you who don't know. According to that chip timer, we both ran it in three hours, 35 minutes. You did it in 13 seconds. I did it in 12 seconds. 
Uh, <laughs> dig it to the heart. Oh, that's so great. I'm so surprised. We haven't really addressed this at all since yeah. the marathon itself. Here we are almost a week later. You know, maybe someday you'll be as fast as me. <laughs> uh, listeners, oh. I can say that because you, Deacon Jordan has literally run a marathon faster than I ever have when you qualified for Boston this upcoming yeah. spring. So that's where this joke is. But, but I f- definitely feel you could have ran this race a lot faster. So it was so fun watching you zigzag through the streets <laughs> because Chicago Marathon has the most spectators I've ever seen in a race. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's an extrovert's dream. It is. Everyone you interact with wants to interact. <laughs> so it's just you can say hi to whoever you want to. You can cheer. You can fist pump. And people will just react. They're going to cheer. They're going to look you in the eye and say, you got this. And, oh, man. So between your family and my family, family and friends that were all there, it was just so energizing to know at any time we'd see them. You know, they'd cheer, keep you going. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was on cloud nine the whole time. Yeah. And you were doing much better than me because I was just very focused on, okay, run the middle of the street, don't get off on the sides because I was dealing and still dealing with an injury from this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, please leg, hold up, mm-hmm. hold up. And we both were running for charity mm-hmm. through Crossroads Runners, through the parish that I'm deacon at. And it's like, all these people just donated. I'm like, I can't let them down, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that's like, "Uh, I'm going to toughen up and I'm going to do this. And I don't care what anybody says. And then in the back of my mind, it's like, yeah, but is that a good idea? Because some major damage can occur. Mm -hmm. And the night before the race, so my cousin Adam and his wife, Rebecca, flew in from Minneapolis. Rebecca was going to race. And then Rebecca's friend, Jenny, was going to run the Chicago Marathon as well. I was telling them about my injury, and Jenny was asking questions about my injury. And as the line of questioning continued, I go, oh, no. Like, I know where these questions are going, and I do not want to answer truthfully because Mm -hmm. then I'll have to own that this is what the injury is. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go through this blind, not admitting it. And so the quick solution was pop some ibuprofen <laughs> and put some icy hot on there. And then Jenny wrapped my leg in medical tape and just basically said, listen to your body. Your body will do well. Your body will know itself and it will not give out on you until it absolutely has to. Right. And so that's what I listened to. And it will tell you. Yeah. Right. So not the most enjoyable marathon I've ever run. However, it should be noted that as we ran, you did not indicate that. I was very surprised and impressed and pleased that when we had passed into the 20s of the miles, for a lot of people, if you haven't done a marathon, when you pass mile 20, people talk about that as being the wall. You really feel a different level of fatigue that you're just not used to feeling, some deep soreness. And so even amidst that wall time, that final 10 kilometers of the race, you didn't indicate that it was like you're holding your leg together. I was impressed. We crossed together. It was great. It was a really nice day. So from that, what I feel, I remember when we were talking from our conversations the night before the marathon, you did a really nice job of voicing the tension you were holding. I'm going to run it. I just wish I didn't have to try and deal with this, this issue at the same time. I felt like you were doing a really good job of honestly saying, here's what's before me. It's not ideal. And I'm just, I'm trying to work through with what I have. Yeah. So I kind of saw like, two paths in dealing with this pain, this dilemma, that either I can deal with the pain all by myself, 
or I can seek help in dealing with this pain. And of course, in the age of internet, we love to self-diagnose. Mm-hmm. Uh, WebMD, what does it say? And we're speculating. We have no training. Mm-hmm. Like I can just base things on, well, it's this region and this is what hurts. Mm-hmm. And so let me punch that into the computer and see what comes up. So <laughs> I'll deal with this on my own. Or there's the other part that I think many of us in our society don't like to do is seek professional help. Go to a physician who is trained and who can more accurately diagnose the problem and come up with the solution. And in this reflection, I couldn't help but think of, isn't this the same way many of us treat the sacrament of reconciliation within the church? Mm. That often either we don't or at some point we acknowledge our sin or the hurt that we have caused to ourselves or others. And in acknowledging that, we go, oh, I can deal with this on my own. I can right the wrongs. And sometimes that's true. But sometimes we need help. We need a person who's trained in these spiritual and moral matters. And that's why we go to a priest who is like a physician who can diagnose our sin or our weakness and prescribe a remedy a balm of mercy for us, Mm -hmm. right? So visiting a doctor or visiting a priest, many of us don't look forward to that, but it's a way of recognizing our brokenness or the things that are ailing us. And it's about restoring us to our whole self Mm. and who God made us to be. Mm -hmm. That relationship you're talking about between pain and healing, being made whole again, makes me think of St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. It's an often used verse that's really quite powerful. St. Paul's writing, Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses, in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that last part, you know, is what you hear so often, when I am weak, then I am strong. And just that the reminder of how much we need God in our weaknesses. And that weakness, difficulties, pain sometimes, literally, like in the case of the Chicago Marathon, that you were dealing with this pain, reminds us that I can't do it alone. I need someone else. And when we seek out a doctor, that doctor isn't there to say, shame on you, you got hurt. How could you do this? And, you know, great. Now, we have to, like, now I have work to do. Now we've got to try and make you better. You're right. I'm so dumb. <laughs> right. That's not what it is. The doctor saying, this is great that you're here. We want to get you back to wholeness. Let's work together. Let's figure out what's going to help. Let's get you there. Let's do that together. I love that analogy to the spiritual world. When we go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, God's response is a loving response of saying, let's get you back to wholeness. This is great that you've brought this forward because now we can address it. Now we can deal with this pain. You've taken a class that you really talked about this, the healing part of reconciliation, right? Yeah, I took a class in the actual practice of the sacrament. But then this summer with Sister Diane Brigant, we looked at the writings of Pope Francis in scripture. And so having to write a paper on looking at the Sacrament of Reconciliation through the writings of Pope Francis, through the eyes of Pope Francis. I think the Pope has done a beautiful job and has made it his mission in embracing mercy. At the heart of Scripture, Jesus' mission is one of mercy. It's about restoration 
of humanity to God. And so one of the scripture passages that's used to justify the sacrament of reconciliation is that Jesus breathed on the apostles. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of this play on Genesis of what did God do? But he took earth and he breathed into the earth and made Adam. So creation, life was created through God's breath. Restoration is brought forth in Christ's breath to his apostles. That's beautiful. Wow, what a powerful class. And that's the mission of the church. Uh, I'm going on a tangent here. You can tell a lot by a person on what they wear or the accessories they have. And so like Pope Francis, you would think, well, what accessories does he have, right? He's pretty simple. But I love his pectoral cross in that the depiction on the pectoral cross is the good shepherd. And what is the good shepherd but the one who goes after one of the lost sheep? Mm-hmm. That is the mission of the church. That is the mission of Christ. And as Christ and the Father has shown us mercy, so we are to show to others. And so we're obligated to go after the lost in the name of Christ for restoration. It's the sharing in the mercy. Wow, absolutely. And then to remind ourselves that sometimes we are the recipient of that, Mm. that in our faith, there's this beautiful act of love, that there are times when we're injured, that we're that one lost sheep, and we need to be open to being found, to being sought after, and to just accept that love, accept that mercy that's coming from. It's not judgment. It's not about telling the one lost sheep, like, why did you go and get lost? Bad. (laughs) Right. That's bad (laughs) sheep. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> but it's to say, let's get you back together. Let's be here. Part of the group again, to be whole again. And so this question that we're trying to answer from the very beginning, when you were talking about the night before the marathon, being asked these questions, wow, why is it that I resist finding the answer that's going to help me heal? That's, you know, well, it's a human part of us. Like, oh man, I don't know if I want to hear that news. That's going to be hard to digest. It makes it real. It does. And, and so that's, that's the human part of it. But we have to remember that that ultimately is the path we need to choose, not mm-hmm. the self-path. It's letting go of self and being open to God, letting ourselves be loved by God and laying that mercy in. St. Francis of DeSales, I'm reading his Introduction to the Devout Life right now. And there's a quote that I recently read. It's early on in the book. And he's talking about purification. And St. Francis of DeSales writes, The discipline of purification can and must cease only with our life. Therefore, be not discouraged by infirmities. Our perfection consists in struggling against them, which we cannot do unless we perceive them. Neither can we conquer unless we come into collision with them. Victory does not lie in ignoring our infirmities, but in resisting them. So you said, it's got to become real. We have to collide. We have to face these infirmities and name them. At the same time... It's helping us focus where our resistance is. The initial resistance that we feel, strangely enough, subconsciously I'm resisting the good, being made pure, being made whole again. What I take from St. Francis de Sales' writing there is to resist the infirmity. So in your case, instead of letting it perpetuate and hope it'll go away, it wasn't gonna. You needed to face it and say, okay, here's what I can do now and I need to find healing. We need to be open to that in the sacrament of reconciliation. Don't resist being loved letting God's mercy in, resist the infirmities, and keep coming back to being pure, being whole, being Mm -hmm. loved by God. If we don't acknowledge 
the goodness and love if we don't participate in the sacrament of reconciliation or if we do not allow ourselves to be loved or show mercy. We are unable to show that to others, mm. right? Mm-hmm. When we can't deal with our infirmities, how are we supposed to help others, right? Mm-hmm. So even just getting back to a basic example of Jenny's questioning, why was she able to ask those questions? Well, she's been in a similar situation. So she knew what questions to ask and what to look for. So we too, being restored to our spiritual wholeness, if we're embracing the healing nature of God, then we too can show that to others. Hmm. Otherwise, we don't know what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. Wow, right. You've walked that path before. You've been willing to go there. And then there's another gift in being able to walk with others. There's one other part that St. Francis of the Sales writes about. It's actually in the same little section. Earlier, he's just writing about what purification looks like. And he writes, Ordinary purification and healing, whether of body or soul, are accomplished by little and little, progressing slowly and often hardly at all. In the running analogy, it's so true. I mean, you and I both, I'm sure you've experienced plenty of injuries that just take a long time to heal from. But healing's happening. You have to trust that. And so I think it's a great reminder for us that in these cases, it's not a lightning bolt moment of I've received God's grace and mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation and all is healed and I will never have any issues again. You know, that's why it seems so strange we fall into the same pattern over and over again. The healing takes time. And so be willing to go back to those good things to be healed, to keep coming back to God. So when we drift, let that healing slowly but surely keep moving that way. Mm Mm-hmm. It takes time. And we think of healing and mercy to be this immediate like transformation. And as we know, in our own physical ailments, sometimes it hurts and it takes a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And repeatedly going back. Mm -hmm. But amidst that, God is good always. It's us that we just need to remember. Mm -hmm. God's got our our wholeness, our purity, our he's loving us, wants us to be made whole always. If you want to find out more about our podcast, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast tab, and let us know some ideas, thoughts, questions by clicking on Contact the Podcast Team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to click the subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You can also find us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Make sure to like us. Share our posts. Help us spread the word. Help us help you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, As we go about our days, don't be discouraged by the little infirmities that we face or the little weaknesses or the pains. Face them. Resist that. Don't resist the goodness. Let God's mercy, let God's love in. Remember that we are all called to holiness, to greatness. That God wants that for us wholly and completely. And that you are never alone in that journey. Amen. Saints Norbert and Augustine, pray for us. Wow. <laughs>